0: And this is the way covert abuse works the way that they control you they have this element of what is called plausible deniability and what that means is that when you explain the situation to somebody else they always have a way of denying it and then that gets into your head and you start to think oh my gosh are they right am I crazy am I overreacting am I misreading the situation no you're not misreading the situation they are doing that on purpose to control you. Welcome to Through the Fire, a podcast about how to live life while experiencing emotional abuse. Each week, I'll share my experiences with you, and we'll break down the lessons I've learned and help you apply them to your own life so that we can all start living with joy and purpose while learning how to keep ourselves safe and sane. So welcome to Through the Fire. This podcast is going to give you a little bit of an introduction to me, to my situation, and to help you discover if this is going to be something that you think could be helpful for you. So the first topic I want to talk about is your person. This could be a friend, a family member, a coworker, a romantic relationship, a parent, anybody that is difficult in your life and you might be struggling to realize is it me or is it them. So my person doesn't fit the bill as they would say, uh, of a typical abuser. Even when I look up emotional and psychological abuse, a lot of the descriptions are talking about name-calling or put-downs, and my person doesn't really do that. They've never outwardly called me a bad name or tried to shame me in a really obvious way. And it's even taken a professional counselor to be in the room for me to even notice when he's trying to put me down or shame me. So that makes it really confusing to discover or to realize what's going on in this relationship. So I wanted to first off read you guys the definitions of covert abuse and coercive control because these are two things that I'm dealing with on a fairly regular basis. And they're things that are not well explained when you start diving deep into the world of narcissistic abuse and control and um, abuse dynamics. So covert abuse is defined as emotional and psychological abuse that doesn't involve outwardly controlling behaviors such as raging, belittling, threatening, and blaming. It's stealthy abuse. It's hidden abuse. It's passive-aggressive. It's the things that make you sound like you're crazy when you're trying to explain it to somebody else. The best way that I have to describe this is when you're training a dog. Now, I'm not saying that you're a dog or that I'm a dog or that any person is a dog or deserves to be treated like one. But for this example, it makes sense. When you're training a dog, you don't speak their language. They don't speak your language. You have to figure out a way to convey to them you like their behavior or you dislike their behavior based off of cues, whether it's emotional or a facial expression or the way you treat them through rewarding or ignoring them. And this is the way covert abuse works. Your abuser can use a look, a feeling, a um, the cold shoulder, the silent treatment, or rewards to get you to behave in the way that they want you to behave. They're trying to control you. And the sneakiest part about it is that the way they go about it, the way that they control you, they have this element of what is called plausible deniability. And what that means is that when you explain the situation to somebody else, they always have a way of denying it. They always have an excuse. They always can say, well, that's not me. I didn't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't have that look. I wasn't mad. I wasn't ignoring you. And then that gets into your head and you start to think, oh my gosh, are they right? Am I crazy? Am I overreacting? Am I misreading the situation? No, you're not misreading the situation. They are doing that on purpose to control you. You can also describe covert abuse as mind games or twisting your words. It's very hard to detect, it's very hard to describe, and confronting it is nearly impossible. One thing that I found myself saying a lot in my relationship is, I feel like you just don't like me. Of course the response was, why would I be here if I don't like you, I love you. I say, yes, I understand you love me, but I feel like you don't like me. The next one I wanna talk about is coercive control. Now, I found out recently that the UK has made coercive control a crime, like an actual crime. People who are committing this against others can be in prison for up to five years. And when I heard that information, it really made me look at my situation in a different light. I realized that maybe in the United States, we don't have a punishment for that. But it made me realize that somewhere, someone in the world recognizes what I'm going through is wrong. Coercive control is an act or a pattern of acts like assault, threats, humiliation, or intimidation that you use to harm, punish, or frighten other people. Basically, this is kind of like what we were talking about a minute ago with the dog situation. Your abuser or your difficult person wants you to do a certain thing. They want to control you and they use coercion, which is convincing you to do something, as a way to make you comply. And they can do this through rewards, through punishment, through uh, very subtle covert things. Maybe they just need to shoot you a look and you know, oh no, the storm is coming. So you just step in line. You end up running in circles trying to do everything they want you to do. Trying to predict what they want so that you can make sure that they're happy. And it seems like no matter how hard you try, how much you twist yourself into a pretzel to try to appease them and to comply with their insane demands, you just can't do it right. And that is because they don't really care about what they want you to do. They just want you to be off balance. They want you to know that they are the ones that are in control, that they are the ones that are mentally sound and that you're the crazy one, which of course isn't true, but it's how they want you to feel. In my situation, Everything, like I said, is very covert. It's very subtle. It always has that element of plausible deniability. One thing that abusers use to control their victims is depriving them of independence. This is controlling their movements or um, telling them they can't go certain places or they can't do certain things or wear certain things. And in my situation, I always questioned, is that really what's happening Because he never outright told me, no, you can't do that. No, you can't go there. It was insidious. It started in the beginning with him telling me a story of something that his ex did that he didn't like. And then said, you know, I just don't think I could be with somebody who would do that. And that was have a girl's night with her friends. So I knew right from the beginning, oh, okay. He's not going to be okay if I try to go out without him. But at that time, I was so caught up in the romance of it all, I didn't want to go anywhere without him. So that was easy to comply with in the beginning. Then it crept into my family life. My mom was coming to town, and she wanted to visit. She wanted me to stay with her for a couple of days at a a nice Airbnb. And he got angry, really angry. And I realized that he didn't really want me to go. And I wasn't sure why, and he said it was just that he was going to miss me and that it was too long of a time, but as it turns out, it has nothing to do with that. He's thrown a fit every time I tried to visit my mom, or my mom visits me. He never told me that I couldn't hang out with my friends. In fact, he encouraged me to hang out with my friends. But then every time I did it, we would get in a fight. And the fight could be about anything. It didn't have to be about me going out or staying out too late or whatever it was that I was doing. He always picked a fight about something. And subconsciously, I realized every time I do this... We're gonna get in a fight. And I hate fighting, so of course I stopped doing that. He did the same thing with my sex drive, with the way that I dressed. Um, he was attracted to me because I was, you know, I, dress, I dressed attractively. And then he quickly decided he didn't like that and that I wasn't gonna be able to stay faithful to him because my sex drive was just out of control, which, by the way, it's not. It's very normal and healthy for any woman my age. Then he started accusing me of staring at other men and every time we went to a restaurant he would sit us so that I was facing a wall. Then he would get on my case for looking at him too much. He would also get upset if I looked at my phone so I was forced to really just stare at a blank wall when we went out to eat because I was so uncomfortable. I started walking with my head down just staring at the floor because I knew that if I made eye contact with anybody it would be a problem. Even on the day where I realized a lifelong dream, he wasn't there to support me. He didn't congratulate me afterward. He just pretended like it didn't happen. And when I told him that it hurt me, he had nothing to say. You end up a hostage in your own life. And one person even said the victim becomes captive in an unreal world created by the abuser entrapped in a world of confusion, contradiction, and fear. In my life, the rules are always changing. I'm expected to predict what he wants and comply. And when I ask him to be clear and please just explain what it is that you want, I will do what you want if you just tell me what it is. The response I get is, you should know. Another element of this kind of psychological and emotional abuse is financial abuse. And I was in denial about that for a long time. He always paid the bills and um, gave me what I needed. He always made it very clear that he would give me money if I needed money for anything. And he would get upset at me for not asking for money when I needed it. But, like any abuser, he made me feel crazy. We would get into a big fight when he knew I needed money. I'd ask him for money. He said, oh, I'll give it to you in the morning and then start a huge fight. So in the morning, we were angry with each other. I was scared and I didn't want to ask. It was humiliating to be treated like the scum of the earth and then have to beg for money. It was so degrading. And then he would come home and say, oh, I remembered while I was out today that I was supposed to give you money. Why didn't you ask for it? would say, because we're in a fight and I'm not going to ask you for money when I'm in a fight. And his response was, well, you need to learn how to separate. You can't just, you know, put your needs on the back burner because we're in a fight, which is another manipulation all in its own. So after about two and a half years of this, breaking up, getting back together, good times, bad times, crazy making, crazy making behavior, I decided That I'd had enough. I was no longer willing to put up with this. And I decided to leave. He pulled out all of the stops, of course. I'll go to therapy. Oh, okay, I said, therapy it is. Let's go. And when I said that, I didn't realize that going to therapy with a person like this is probably one of the worst things you can do. They don't get better, they just get better at manipulating you, they get better at covering their tracks. They get better at making you feel crazy. So that brings you up to speed, up to today. Today we have been in therapy for a year and I've realized that it's not just a huge waste of time, it could actually be damaging. So I stopped talking in therapy. I stopped bringing up problems, I stopped trying to work on issues because he always had a way of spinning it to make it sound like a communication problem. When it wasn't a communication problem, it was a control problem. When I tried to talk to the therapist about this, he said, oh, that's interesting. It sounds exactly the opposite of what you guys are saying in therapy. I said, I know that's because he lies in therapy. He said, well, that's concerning. Like, yes, very concerning. That's why. <laughs> are you here? Are we on the same phone call? Like, i that's why I don't want to go anymore. So that is the tip of my iceberg. My goal with this podcast is to document things as they happen. I have decided that whatever happens in this relationship, whether I stay in it or get out, I need to prioritize myself. I am dying slowly every day. It's affecting my health. It's affecting my mental state. And I know that if I don't do something about it, this will end very badly. So I'm here to heal. I'm here to share in my healing with you as I am healing. I was so tired of finding podcasts of people who had already gotten out of abuse, who were looking back on it, who always described their abuser as like, oh, he was name calling. He was putting me down. He was threatening me. But my, my situation is so much more subtle than that. So I wanted to share my situation with you guys because maybe you're going through something similar right now. Maybe, maybe I can phrase it in a way that makes more sense to you. Maybe we can make this journey together. We can go on a a discovery journey, a healing journey, a safety journey together to get ourselves safe emotionally, physically, financially, to heal, to share, to make connections. Because when you're in a situation like this, even if you're surrounded by people, it feels very lonely. And to have somebody who understands exactly what you're going through can make a world of difference. So that's what I'm here to do, to help you know that you're not alone, to create a safe space where you can share, where you can get feedback, where you can heal. So I would encourage you to join my online community on Facebook, Through the Fire, where we can share about our experiences, get a second opinion, get support and make some meaningful connections with other people who know what you're going through. This community is open to people who are experiencing covert abuse, coercive control, overt abuse, anything where you need the support, you're in an unhealthy relationship, and you need to feel safe. So find us on Facebook, and I look forward to sharing my journey with you. Thanks for listening.